From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker. And I'm Jennifer Shutt, budget and appropriations reporter. And we are going to talk about disaster today because we are potentially dealing soon with multiple disasters. If you thought the COVID-19 pandemic, as if that's not bad enough, dare we say it, we're entering hurricane season and wildfires out west. And the question we have is, is the government at all, at all levels prepared to deal with it simultaneously? And Jen, you had an interesting story that addressed all that this week that I thought was worth probing. What are we facing here and how worried are officials about handling these things? So there are a lot of challenges facing state and local governments right now. Um, As everyone is aware, as the coronavirus cases spiked um, and stay-at-home orders started taking effect, state governments really saw a steep drop-off in revenue. And as a result of that, they are facing layoffs and furloughs of staff um, throughout all of their departments at the state and local government level. There are also a lot of state legislatures are going into emergency sessions to try to address, you know, really steep um, drop-offs in funding, which is going to result in budget cuts um, to various factions of state governments. So um, from the state and local perspective facing hurricane and wildfire season, as well as the fact that coronavirus is not, looks like it's going away anytime soon, there's you know a lot of challenges. At the federal level, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, um, which is within the Department of Homeland Security, they have a significant amount of funding in their disaster relief fund. They have about billion in there. But because Vice President Mike Pence tasked FEMA um, with leading the federal response to combat coronavirus back in March, their staff is really stretched thin right now. Um, And so there's a lot of different issues um, throughout the various levels of government heading into summer where these emergency management officials um, and public health officials are going to be really facing um, not only budgetary issues, but staffing issues as well. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to imagine if you put yourself in the, in the head of an emergency worker, a first responder, if you're in the, in, at a state level, you are just bleeding revenue. There's no money left because of the economic shutdown. You're struggling right now to deal with COVID-19. And the idea of battling wildfires or a hurricane on top of it Really, even if there's some FEMA money, I mean, it really seems like first responders are really going to be be tapped and 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 struggling here. Absolutely, and one of the things that's you know just sort of adding insult to injury in this situation is not only are they going to have to balance coronavirus, hurricanes, and wildfires, but the seasons, the wildfire season and the hurricane season, are both expected to be really active this year. NOAA's Climate Prediction Center said late last week that they expect an above normal 2020 Atlantic hurricane season with between 13 and 19 named storms. Um, Six of those are projected to become hurricanes. So that's not good news. And California, one of the, you know, states that really has had some bad wildfire seasons recently, um, Cal Fire is predicting a pretty challenging season. 
they did not have the level of snow in the mountains or late season rain that they would have liked to have seen um, going into wildfire season. And so that is going to be another really challenging situation out West this year. So that's really hard. And I mean, Congress did approve some state and local aid, we should say about $150 billion in March, but everyone seems to think that's, that's far from enough. And we know that House Democrats had proposed nearly a trillion dollars in more state and local aid, but that bill is going nowhere in the Senate. So if that doesn't come through, then, then uh, what happens? I mean, <laughs> because the states are already facing layoffs, furloughs, uh, will, they have enough, will they have enough first responders to respond, I guess, is the question. I did a lot of interviews um, with you know, state and local emergency managers throughout the country for this story. And a lot of them were you know, concerned about what this means um, down the road, maybe not necessarily at the beginning of these seasons, but towards the end of these seasons. And then if we see a second wave of coronavirus cases heading into next winter, and then that leads to more people staying at home, another revenue drop-off, more people needing unemployment insurance, you know, kind of that perfect storm of budgetary issues that we've seen um, from the pandemic. If that happens, there's a lot of concerns about more severe cuts heading into next year. They're already facing some challenges this year, but most of the state and local officials who I interviewed um, for this article think they're going to be okay in terms of funding and staffing this year. But that could that could change in the next few months as state and local governments really start to get a handle on their ongoing budget challenges into summer. And as Congress negotiates this fifth aid package and state and local governments learn how much an additional aid they may or may not get. And aside from the money problems, Jenna, your story brought up some very interesting uh, logistical issues that I hadn't even thought about uh, in how to handle this. Because, you know, for months, someone was quoted in your story from, I mean, for months, people have been told to stay at home because of the coronavirus. And all of a sudden, if there's a hurricane or a wildfire, they could be told to evacuate. And it's hard to know what is safe. Is it safer to evacuate? Is it safer to stay at home to avoid coronavirus? I mean, those are really conflicting, uh, conflicting instructions there. Yeah. And that's one of the things that I heard over and over again in these interviews is that public health officials, politicians, emergency managers throughout all of the coronavirus lockdown have been really encouraging people to stay at home, stay socially distant. And if you have to go to a place like a grocery store or a doctor's office, make sure you're wearing a mask, frequently washing your hands, not touching your face. Um, And so as they head into hurricane and wildfire season, a lot of these state and local emergency managers are trying to rethink how evacuations might work. Um, and they are still in the very preliminary stages of that. There are hopes that instead of sending people to sort of public gymnasiums or um, sports arenas, that they might be able to put people in hotel rooms um, to have a bit of separation. Uh, but there's no guarantee of that. A lot of hotels don't also don't currently have full staffing, full capacity. So there are some logistical questions there. Um, and then if you have to put people in a local you know, high school gym or something like that, we're all used to seeing those images of cots kind of lined up very close to each other. 
that appears to be a really perfect situation to have a coronavirus outbreak. Um, so they're trying to figure out if they can get testing in those situations, how quickly they could get test results, whether that rapid testing system is even remotely accurate at this point in time. Um, so there's going to be a lot of challenges there. And in terms of hurricanes, we usually see um, state and local emergency managers waiting to order evacuations until they really know the trajectory of that hurricane. They may have to rethink that this year because people might need additional time to get out ahead of a hurricane. So there's lots of questions facing state and local emergency managers this year. Yeah, it's kind of scary when you think about it. And of course, when you talk about wildfires, probably no state is more at risk there than California. And no state has a bigger budget deficit than California because they were one of the first states to shut down to deal with the coronavirus. I think California is going to have a really challenging wildfire season. And I think we're going to see calls for FEMA to step in there and to help out with debris removal, cleanup, evacuation, housing aid, you know, all those things that FEMA is, is known for doing. I think they're definitely going to be needed in California and other Western states that are facing these steep budget shortfalls and, you know, layoffs and furloughs as a result of that. And one other really big logistical issue that came up was that the way that, you know, wildfire firefighters move throughout the country, right, it's uh, it's something I've never really thought of before because I'm not from a Western state. I've been lucky enough that I've never had to experience wildfires at that level. The way it works is, you know, if there's a house fire in your neighborhood, it's local firefighters responding. The way these fire crews work in the summer is that, you know, they move essentially from wildfire to wildfire or maybe they'll come from New Jersey or New York to California or Colorado or another Western state to address the wildfire. And these people can come in and they're typically, there's this history of what's called fire camps. And you could have as many as a thousand people flying in to a remote rural area to battle a wildfire from all over the country. Um, And then once they get that under control, they might hop to the next wildfire and then the next one, Of course, all these fire camps, they don't travel in unison. Um, So there's a lot of concerns about whether or not how you house these firefighters when they come in, how you test. If you find a fire crew that has a coronavirus positive case, how do you quarantine them? And then on top of all of that, you have a lot of people coming into an already rural area um, where the healthcare system might not be ready to handle an influx of 500 COVID-19 positive people or something like that if you get a really bad outbreak. And so there's a lot of challenges there in terms of personnel and what happens in terms of wildfire fighting if you get an outbreak in a camp that's you know battling a huge wildfire. So it becomes very complicated logistically. And this will come down to the need for more state and local aid because the FEMA money is helpful, of course, for an immediate disaster, but it doesn't cover everything. And then a lot of it falls to the states and locals to deal with. Um, It sounds like the Senate is becoming more receptive to state and local aid. It sounds like Mitch McConnell, the majority leader, is opening the door slightly more to that. But I guess it's still not clear when that would happen or how much money they're prepared to actually provide. I really think talks on a fifth coronavirus aid package are going to last well into June, possibly July. 
Um, and then even if Congress can reach some type of bipartisan bicameral agreement that the Trump administration is also supportive of, how much that will have in state and local aid remains a really big question. And then how quickly that money can go out the door to state and local governments. Um, and really, we could see a situation where we're into late August and some of that money still has not been paid out yet. So this is a really slow process. And that's just sort of how the federal government is designed to work. Um, but that is something that's becoming increasingly frustrating to state and local officials because they're trying to keep these stay-at-home orders in place or enter their phased reopening very cautiously. And that obviously means less revenue coming in. And so they're really looking to the federal government for help. Um, and they're hoping they get it, but there's no guarantee right now. So I guess as hard as it's been to deal with coronavirus, we should be thankful we don't have a hurricane or wildfire to deal with yet. Yes. And for those of us on the East Coast, at least we don't have murder hornets. Right. (laughs) Yet. Thank goodness for small favors. All right. Well, that does it for us today. If you have any questions or comments about our podcast, we'd love to hear from you. You can drop us an email. The address is cqpodcast, one word, at cqrollcall.com. The CQ Budget Podcast is produced by CQ Roll Call. It's a leader in nonpartisan political and policy news and analysis for more than 70 years. CQ Roll Call is part of Fiscal Note, a global technology and media company. Thank you all for listening again. I'm David Lerman, your budget tracker. And I'm Jennifer Shep, budget and appropriations reporter. You can always stay up to date by subscribing to the CQ Budget Newsletter. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast. You can find us on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, NPR One, or just Google the phrase CQ Budget Podcast. And we'll be back next week. 